Hello, ladies. We would like to welcome you to our Goodness and Gracious podcast. It is our desire for this podcast to help women to grow and be strengthened by taking the Bible and laying out God's plan for our lives. Now, throw in some laundry. If you have kids at home, send them to their room. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink because it's time for just you and God. Oh, well, and I guess us. Now, let's dive right in. Welcome back to Goodness and Gracious. I'm Chrissy. I'm Renee. So we are continuing with part two of our first Fruit of the Spirit series on love. Last segment, we talked about God loves you and he loves me too. That was that was a really profound one for me. Yeah. So this segment, we will be uh, talking about loving others, friend and foe. Ooh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so there are so many things that change within us when we get saved. Some things are not clear to us as we're changing, and we don't realize until certain circumstances arise. And I believe that one of these is loving our enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really realize that we're doing that until it happens. Right. Now, I'm not going to say that we just wake up one day and automatically love our enemies. But over time, with each opportunity that arises, we grow closer and closer to being able to do this naturally. Luke 6.32 says, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. I remember reading that verse for the first time, After I got saved, and I thought to myself, this is so true. It is so easy to love the ones that love me, but that is the natural thing for our flesh. Um, It's unnatural for us to love our enemies. It just doesn't come naturally. Sometimes I think it is hard for us to distinguish our friends from our foes, Um, people that we don't agree with, people who disappoint us. Um, But if we have a genuine love a love that only God can give us, we don't need to bother ourselves with whether they are a friend or foe, because it won't matter. I find it so fascinating that although I feel God places within us a different love for lost people than he does for our brothers and sisters in Christ, some of the same rules apply. Luke 6.35 says, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. I guess he is saying, if I love and am kind to the unthankful and to the evil, you certainly can be too. Hmm, something to ponder on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I would consider this to be a more on a personal level as far as loving your enemies. Basically, maybe those who have wronged you or don't like the life you're living. Um, I read somewhere the other day while studying for this podcast, and it said they refer to some people as EGRs, extra grace required, because dealing with them tends to demand a lot of patience. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. This is where we need to learn to love like Jesus when it comes to our enemies. In our flesh, we can't. That's why we need Jesus. With Jesus, it's easier to love our enemies. So I read that. Um, when you had shared your ideas for the podcast with me, that extra grace required 
And I was like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. How profound is that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I knew <laughs> where I got it from, but it was just somewhere I read it on the internet. I don't remember. So I'm sorry I didn't plug it for that person, but I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was pretty, it's something we need to remember every day. Yes, you know? definitely, definitely. Being a pastor's wife is a very hard job at times when it comes to loving in some aspects, but with him, it's so much easier. But like I always say, it hasn't always been this way for me, unfortunately. So I'm just going to give you, I guess in studying for this podcast, I felt like more testimonial than I did with maybe Bible scriptures and stuff like I have been doing. Um, So let me explain this part. So many times Gary would get called into his office and get chewed out. Now, he isn't one to tell me everything, but as a wife, you know what has happened. So when you face that person that has just chewed your husband out, you put a smile on your face and you pretend to love them. But through the years, the pretending has gone away and genuine love has replaced that because you see the person that chewed my husband out is the one that's hurting themselves. I need to show them the Jesus in me with love and kindness, no, no matter what they do. These stories are all hard lessons that haven't been an overnight success, which is what you was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's taken time and a lot of chastisement, on, which is <laughs> never fun. <laughs> Not at all. No. But I can truly say loving my friends and foes. I am more happier today because I am loving the way Jesus wants us to. Am I perfect? No way. Me neither. Do I feel loving? Absolutely. Mm. At times. But you get back up, you repent, you keep loving as he would have us to love like him. I I completely agree. So I'm thinking about how I would feel if that was Tom and someone was pulling him into a room because I would have to imagine that you know, Gary is your, your husband, but he's also your pastor. Mm-hmm. So there has to be at some point, some time where he's preached something that stepped on your toes. Oh, yeah. And you may not, you've been kind of like, you know, you know, I need to think about that or, you know, not been quite so happy about it. So even if it was a time when you weren't pleased with what he said, it still doesn't give the person the, the, right to pull them into the office. So you're, you're probably like, I know I didn't agree with what you said either, but I'm ready to fight you, <laughs> you know? So I guess that's kind of how I would be. Like, yeah. I may not have agreed with what he said either, but you need to, you know, right. live up to what he's well, saying. Well, that part in my life has been hard for me to overcome. Yeah. Very, very hard. But love like Jesus. Yeah. And that's what I try to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I find that a lot of times it's, Two steps forward, one step back. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So have you ever felt led to give to someone that you know is unthankful or evil, and you didn't quite understand why you were led to do that? You say, Lord, they are just going to squander away what, what I give them, or they will not even be thankful for this. He doesn't particularly care about our thoughts, though. He doesn't care um, our thoughts on if what he is asking us to do makes sense. Not one bit. Right. First John uh, 4, 8 is a verse that should jolt us, uh, especially when we are not feeling very loving towards someone. <laughs> it says, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. It's, I, it's just a, kind of like a slap in the face right there, mm-hmm. you know? But so, I think people take that verse and just kind of just read it and just skip right on, you know, don't yep. think nothing of it. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And 
or it's misused. Right. You know, but like me, you may be tired of hearing that verse misused, (laughs) you know, Um, some try to use it uh, to falsely put God's seal of approval on a plethora of sins. But Renee brought up this verse in the last segment. First Peter 2, 7 says, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. That means that those of us who believe and know that he is precious are without excuse. We have none, right. you know, we know him in such a way that he is precious and that alone does not allow us to pervert or excuse ourselves from the truths of scripture. We, we don't get that chance to just skip right over right. it, you know, and I'm not saying that from the very beginning, we're perfect. Um, there may be times when we try to skip over that verse or we try to explain it away. But the closer and closer that you get to Christ, the more you're not allowed to do that. Right. And That's you fine. know that you're not allowed to do that. It isn't something that you have to be told um, by someone audibly because the Holy Spirit tells mm-hmm. you in your heart. Right. If you are not able to love, you don't. You do not know God. I didn't say it. <laughs> he did. I would agree that love does not always look like what you or someone else thinks it should look like. But we should still examine ourselves when we aren't feeling quite so lovey towards someone. I was listening to episode 66 of the NOYC Godcast. If this is not part of your weekly routine, it should be. Amen. Um, these kids are... They do great. Yep. Loving their Jesus. And it's entertaining, yeah, but but very profound with what they're telling. You definitely, know? very definitely. biblical and gets you thinking. Yeah, stepped and, on my toes way too many times. Yeah, exactly. I agree <laughs> with you. And you know, as parents, we're the parents of these kids that are doing it. So of course, there's always a little bit of pride there. Well, of course, but then you have to step back and say, these kids get it, right? And we're calling them kids. They're in their 20s and Josh is now 30. (laughs) But they're still young, you know, and there's not very many um, mid-20s to 30s that are loving their Jesus like they should be. Exactly. Or they're not taking the time to do the reading and studying and preparing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure there's a lot that goes into when they do their Godcast, mm-hmm. you know, just like it does for us. We yep. know how much time and effort we put in. So, I mean, theirs is video. Ours is just not yeah. there yet. Yeah, pray for us. <laughs> we're, we're, they want us to. We're not yeah. ready, but... <laughs> we are in entertaining video, but not quite yet. We're praying and entertaining the We thought. make too many mistakes. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they just do a, a lot of research and, and studying and all this. And to me, that's... I just think that's fascinating, knowing that our children are in the Bibles and, and growing and studying, you know, to be able to help others along the uh, along the, the road. Yes, definitely. So they used John fifteen thirteen that says, "Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends." The point that was brought up was that we mistakenly think that this verse means that you literally have to give up your life for someone to show the greatest of all loves. This is not true. The kids talked about the reality that we will likely never have the chance to take a bullet for someone. So how do we love with the greatest of all loves? Well, we actually lay down our lives for others. We set aside us and focus on others. 
That's a big one. There. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's, that's a big one. <laughs> that's, and that's huge. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it, everything hinges on that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So Philippians 2, 4 says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. As I pondered about this podcast, I really wasn't sure kind of where to go, you know, in this area a lot farther than what I did earlier. But this is kind of what the Lord laid on my heart. But I've always been a not so affectionate person. Huh? Yes, I said it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I've never been one to say I love you much when I was young. I always had a wall up so I couldn't let anyone in. It wasn't until I was older and got married that I started to love. Hence, you know, getting married. Yep. So I had to love. But I still kept the wall up. I never really had any close friends growing up either. Then my two precious babies came along and then I had that motherly love. I would tell my husband and kids that I loved them and in a minute when I said it. Um, it wasn't until Gary started preaching and then pastoring that slowly those walls began to come down. Now, I still have a little wall up because of the hurt that's happened throughout my life. But my love has opened up a whole lot more. Yes, I can. I can vouch for that. And I'm I'm the same way. Um, I haven't been, I, I think that um, our relationship between mm-hmm. you and I has really helped with that, right. with my wall too. Right. Agreed. I had to throw that in there because you talked about your precious babies, but she didn't say anything oh. about your best friend. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> Meet my best friend, Quizzy. My best friend. <laughs> so to be totally honest, that goes so much against my flesh our flesh, that we think it could not possibly be what that means. Okay, so when we, <laughs> I, let me read it again. Philippians 2, 4 says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. When you first read that, you're like, that this can't possibly be what that means, because God certainly wants me to take care of me. Mm-hmm. It means that the things in others' lives those are just important as our things. And for me, that was a little hard to swallow in the beginning. So that means that your electric bill is just as important as my electric well, bill. You can pay it anytime you want. Mine was $400 last <laughs> oh, month. You can I, keep don't, that one. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I have enough of my own. Thank you very much. Your sick relative is just as important as my sick relative. Your promotion is just as important as my promotion. Your wayward child is just as important as my wayward child. And here's a hard one. Your grandbaby is just as important as my grandbaby. That's definitely a hard one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All uh, of those if you are have hard. grandkids, you know, but cuz I mean I've had people kind of basically, you know, and, and I don't care to pray for anybody. Right. You know, and maybe they'll give me a text or shoot out, you know, shoot out a text or something to me whatever and I'm thinking I'm going through something, one of the hardest things ever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. And and I'm like, I'm supposed to pray for this person. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. It does. It's like, I can barely keep my head up over here. And now this person's wanting me to start praying for them over this. Yeah. I think mine's so much bigger, Lord. You know what I'm saying? That that's hard for me. I'm doing better with that. <laughs> it's not been an easy well, process. And that's, I'm just one of these examples that everything's, <laughs> I guess I've got a harder head than what I thought, but the Lord's shown me and changing me, yeah. but it's taken a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that there's just, we're all different. So I don't, 
but you're learning you you're learning as you go and and that's I think one of the hard things for me when it comes to things like that is um when someone wants me to pray for someone um diligently but they're not taking the steps in their own life to um make sure that they're lining up with what God wants to make those prayers come true does that make sense Mm -hmm. and I feel like God's just like listen that's none of your business um, you do what you're supposed to do, just pray for them and let right. me handle the rest, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I am learning that. And I think there's a balance there that needs to be found. Um, but here's the kicker. I'm not saying that these are, are important to God. We all know that they are all of these things that happen in people's lives. Um, I'm saying that if these things are not as important to me as my own, I'm in the wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, that's been a very big hurdle, a very big hurdle for me. And all of this seems possibly feasible for us to do for as Christians and for Christians, but I think he has more in mind. So John 13, 35 says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples If ye have love one to another. Hmm. Yeah. As Gary went around preaching different places in the first part of his ministry, it brought a lot of friends and some became close friends. Again, my love grew. Then Gary started pastoring, which brings joy and heartache, but a whole lot of love. And as I get closer to Christ, the more my love grows for my Christian family and the friends, including you. Well, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) But looking back over this story, it wasn't until I really fell in love with Christ that I even knew how to love the way Jesus loves. So to be honest, I was saved, but not living up to the Bible. It was a long, hard process for me, but thankfully he had patience with me and showed me what it means to love. Now, have I arrived? By no means, no. It's a daily process. It's a minute process, you know, sometimes, you know, when... Taking it minute by minute, especially when you get on Facebook, it's like, Oh Lord Jesus, you need to, you know, get my mind clear and just pray for this person and love them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Facebook is a a real kicker, you know, because it's like, how can something that can be so good be so bad for someone? And, And once again, it's finding balance. Right. So once again, how are people going to know that we are his by the love that we have for others, not the love that the world knows, but a love that makes your ears perk up or makes your head tilt. Something that they know goes against the love grain. I always thought I didn't need any friends, but thankfully I was wrong. I think it was Gary that said it one time. And at first I was like, no, that's not right. But of course I've decided I was wrong in that too. Hello. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And that was everybody wants a hug and everybody wants to be loved. Yeah. That is a very true statement. Life is so much more better when you love and get love in return. Yes. It brings heartache also, but the happiness outweighs the heartache. Yes. This is how God designed it to be is to have family, friends, and have love for one another. So definitely what I have found, um, working outside the home, you know, having relationships with people outside of the church, I am definitely learning that um, people 
they just want to be loved. Right. You know, and when you have a genuine love, the way Christ designed you to love, once you have him, there's nothing that compares to that. And even the lost world can see a difference. Even the lost world knows that that's different. So as Renee has said, we talked about the expectations for loving foes, but what about the friends aspect? You know, Renee said that she thought she never needed any friends until she met me. And then she realized that <laughs> I was all the friends she would oh, ever there we need. Go. <laughs> oh, let's just get all prideful there. Christy. Yeah, my head is huge. <laughs> so we just pointed out what the scriptures say about how people are going to know that we are Christians how we're, they know that we're Christ-like and how we, how they know we're the real deal. And that is by us loving the brethren. First right. um, John four twenty says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? These are some pretty strong words that you will have to be completely ignoring if you can't comprehend them. Sometimes I think that we confuse love with agreeing. Right. I agree with that. Yes. We think that since we don't agree with someone, whether it be doctrinally, politically, in worship, in behavior, you can put whatever you like in that slot that we don't have to love them. Hmm. Wrong. Disagreeing with someone does not excuse you from loving someone, friend or foe. It doesn't matter. Another misconception that many people have is that either by having their own beliefs or by what they have been taught is that if they are disagreeing with someone, that that equals not loving them. That's wrong as well. I I have been in that place before. I have been where... Um, I have disagreed with someone and they have equaled that to me not loving them, which kind of jolted me a little bit because that wasn't ever, that was never a thought, you know? Um, but I had to learn that just because I disagree with someone does not mean that I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Some of uh, the people that I love the best and who I think are some of the best Christians I know, I disagree with them on some pretty big things. Um, Not so much doctrinally, but um, I disagree with them on ways that they worship, you know, and it's not that they're wrong. I just disagree with how things are being done. Um, So you can love someone and disagree with them and And it'd be okay. Right. Yeah. I think that the teaching um, that we are not loving if we are disagreeing is a very real and present evil inside of our churches. I I, I think it runs rampant. I see it everywhere we go. But remember, you cannot will yourself to love others, whether friend or foe, outside of conversion by the Holy Spirit. You have to first be in a right relationship with Christ And then these unnatural things that make up a Christian's chemistry become spiritually natural. Well, that goes back into my testimony earlier. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I couldn't love these people. Right. But once I started loving Christ the way you're supposed to love, right. you know, it was more, like you said, it, spiritually natural. It was the way I was supposed to be loving before it was very unnatural. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you're trying to force it, yeah. when you're trying to force something, yeah. you know, you know, the truth of the Bible, but you haven't, you, that relationship with Christ is not there to be able to do what it needs to be done for I others. I call it a pretend love is what I was. Yeah. Know, that's what I was. I think that's accurate. Yeah. So Josh's main teaching for quite some time now has been, we can do nothing. nothing. Yep. <laughs> nothing. What can we do? We can <laughs> nothing. do nothing. This is true. In order to know, become, carry out what we can clearly read in the scripture is required of Christians. We have to first be in him. Philippians 4.13 gets misused more than it gets appropriately used. I think that's just my opinion. But it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That means that when you are staring dead at John 15.12, that says, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you you know that you have the ability to carry out this commandment only because you can do all things through Christ. It's a little mind boggling because not only can you not do this on your own, you also have no excuse to not do it. If you are truly a Christian, right? It's kind of, it's, it's, you're stuck in the middle, (laughs) you know, you have no way to go. You are without excuse and you, you can't do it alone. Once the truth is revealed. You have no excuse. Exactly. So let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 13, since this is where we can get a full picture of what love looks like. The love chapter. The love chapter. (laughs) So 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. So real love, love that only comes from knowing Christ and having an intimate relationship with him, waits it out in the hard times. It suffers long. And while it is waiting it out, it is kind. So while it's suffering long and waiting for something, it's going to be kind right there in the middle. It never wishes it had more than what Christ has already given it. And it does not make itself look superior to anyone. And that's kind of my take on what that verse says. So why are there so many people unkind? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really mean, I'm have no idea. Christian people. Yeah. <laughs> and that is because when you're going about this journey and someone Maybe someone who has said that they were saved, you know, you know, I've been saved for years. Um, So maybe this person's been saved for 40 years longer than I have been saved. And now I understand that teaching and, you know, and stuff like that plays a big part in this. But when you've been attending the same church as this person for 15 years and they're behaving in such a way that makes you tilt your head and say, how is it that you can act like that? And 
I know that each of us are different, but the God that I serve doesn't allow that. The God that I serve is better than that. How is he not better than that for you? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's, it just makes me scratch my head. And it's a learning process for me. And really, that's really none of my business. It's all of God's business. But it does make me scratch my head and wonder, especially with women, we're here to be mentoring each other. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So should I be not allowing that? Should I be calling that out? You know, what? what's my place? So I think women are in a, in a hard place when it comes to that. First yeah. Corinthians 13, 5 says, Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Mm. So we read that it also does not behave contrary to the nature of Christ. That's what kind of the way I take does not behave unseemly. It does not put itself above anyone when the situation situation arises. So this comes with discernment. That's not saying that you never put yourself first in what needs to be done for you first. It just says that when the situation arises and you're going to know when that situation is based on your discernment, your closeness with Christ lets you discern that you're not going to put yourself above someone else. It is not easily provoked to lash out at anyone. It also thinks no evil. What does that mean? I mean, is it possible to not spot evil in someone? I believe this is more on the same lines of not seeking your own or wanting what's best for um, someone, not just saying it, but meaning it. Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. This is one of my favorites. I have always tilted my head at this portion of this group of verses. I mean, Isn't it very clear that we should not be rejoicing in iniquity or sin, in other words? I don't think it's as clear as we would like it to believe that it is, even in our own selves. If we are rejoicing with someone that is ultimately leading them away from Christ, could this be what he means? I mean, I just think that this is where the rubber meets the road. Where the motive of your love for someone, or even just your love for someone in a certain particular circumstance, must line up with truth, not iniquity. And this is hard to choke down because this is probably not going to be the type of love that the recipient is wanting or even expecting. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. So verse 6 rolls right into verse 7, as if verse 6 was the foundation to being able to carry out verse 7. Rejoicing in truth, making that choice, comes with some maintenance. Now you are able and expected to see it through. So now it's time to bear all burdens in truth, believe all things that he has said, which is his promises, hope for all things that he has promised for the one that you are loving. And last, but certainly not least, you endure. 
When you can't, when you don't feel like it, when is the hardest thing that you've ever had to do, you endure for that person that you are loving. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes it's decades. Yeah. Yeah. And this love applies to you as a Christian and is not dependent on the recipient, friend or foe. I love that it's about me and not about the others. Right. I, I just love that. So let's go to verse Corinthians 13, 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. So many times people, including myself, get tripped up on the use of the word charity. We know that the word is meant to mean love, but I also feel that there is a deeper meaning. So I found this definition for charity. Kindness and tolerance in judging others. Do I, <laughs> I, need, I need a bandaid for that one <laughs> Yes, because that stuck me and I'm still bleeding out. Faith and hope. These are very important, but God says that charity or love, this is the greatest of all of them. To have faith and hope, but not have love. We have missed the whole point mm-hmm. as Christians. At some point, sometimes more than once, we find that we are standing at the spot where we realize that we have missed the point. How sweet he is when we are at that place where he sees this and he bestows on us his love that allows us to see his endurance with us and his kind intolerance in judging us all this time. Right. So, so the, the kindness and tolerance that you're saying, does that talk about husbands too? Yeah. <laughs> so I literally have to say this. This is my testimony. I was working on this Saturday morning. Um, I, I start working on the podcast right away. When we finish one, I start right away working on the next one. And it usually takes that amount of time to get to everything that I feel that God wants us to bring out in these podcasts. And I'm finishing it up on Saturday. And I could hear Tom in the kitchen and he was um, loading the dishwasher. (laughs) And this, this week at work was a little bit rough. You know, everybody... Um, just came back to the office. We had been work from home for a little over a month due to COVID. And it's been a little rough. And Tom would send me a text. Do you have dinner plans? I have nothing. Okay, I'll stop at the store. And how many times has he done that throughout the week and taking care of cooking it and not saying that he shouldn't help out, but just has been there mm-hmm. when I've needed him. And as I'm finishing up um, writing, I'm like, I have failed in this. I have failed in this. And I have failed number one with him in this. And I I walked out in the kitchen and I'm like, I have failed in this. I have failed you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Lord. 
this is what you want me to see. Whether or not it's for everyone else, you wanted me to learn this lesson. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that he did because once he showed me that, I started, he started showing me all the times that where I have failed to be like that, Tom has not failed to be like that. Tom has been long suffering and he has um, endured and he um, has bared all things every, you know, every step of the way. I'm not saying that he's been perfect. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. (laughs) He has not. I'll just let you know. (laughs) I'll be the judge of that. But he hasn't been perfect, but he has definitely excelled in this area far greater than I have. And um, I'm I'm thankful for this, you know, and all this talk about talking about love during February is so cliche. I just (laughs) think that it's cliche (laughs) and it's been done before. How many times has it been done before? But how God had laid upon my heart that maybe this is what we need to do. And then all of a sudden, February love right you know for the spirit uh, the not one. a coincidence so. no no it's it wasn't a coincidence so i guess but. i need to start being kind and to gary no just <laughs> i've, I've come a long way so you, I just put it that way we, we've talked about the you know how i love and this and, that and the other putting the walls up it's it's changed tremendously in our yeah, marriage so. you are exactly well it's changed a lot even with us i mean we've yeah. been friends for <laughs> years yeah we've been friends that long and our relationship has has changed. And I can even remember when um, we first started coming to the church and I was told by numerous people that you were a tough nut to crack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that it was going to be very hard to, you know, I might be wasting my time, you know. And um, so, but I just knew, and it wasn't me, I just knew that God had big plans for us. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. I knew he had big plans for us. And, and I know ever thunk that we'd be here today. I know. Who, da, who would ever <laughs> thunk knew. it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And if we can take all of our, our nasty and show how God has changed that into beauty right. and um, share that with others to help them to get to where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, we, it, it, for me, it, it digs up a lot of nasty. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of hard to talk about, but yeah. I see what's very needful. Yeah. So it is very hard for me to say that I have stunk at being a wife and Tom has excelled at being a husband. That's very hard for me yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, and not that I'm totally horrible. You know what I'm saying? But right. I know where you're coming at. I'm trying, he's trying to fine tune me. And he's using this podcast to fine tune me. Right. And it it's to, I'm stepping on my own toes. Yeah. <laughs> that goes from all this us. is good stuff. Oh my toes are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this wraps up our love section. I do believe so. Yes. Yep. And so the next fruit of the spirit is going to be joy. Ooh, I'm excited wow. about that. Um, maybe a guest. I don't know. I could be a guest. We'll have to see. Yep. We thought maybe this time, but it didn't happen. So no, I'm we'll out. See. Listen, I don't think that we had room for any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, we had room. For we any would guest. apologize that this is probably longer than normal, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, we, we like could have broken where, up. Yeah, this is. We feel like this is where God wants us to go. So. Yeah, yeah. So we we thank you for your patience. Yes. Um, we thank you for your support. Um, the podcast itself is doing 
God's doing wonders with it. Right. Right. And it's not us. It's about him. We can do nothing. Exactly. Um, and we hope that it continues to bless you. But we would love to hear from you guys. Yes. Um, we do have an email. It's well, we have a Facebook page, Goodness and Gracious Podcast on yep. Facebook. Look us up there. There's an email on there. You can contact us if you like something or if there's something you would love for us to talk about on the podcast. We'd we love to hear love, from you. We would love to do that. I love ideas. So until next time, see ya. See ya. We thank you for joining us for our Goodness and Gracious Podcast. We pray that this was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more information about our women's ministry we have to offer, or you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com women. We hope you will join us next time, and until then, we pray God blesses you with his goodness and gracious.